Amen. Please remain standing and let's take our Bible together and turn to Isaiah 56 tonight. I would like to uh, direct your attention to Isaiah 56 as we continue making our way through the book of Isaiah by God's grace. Tonight we find ourselves in Isaiah 56, 9 to 12, the second part of chapter 56. This is God speaking to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest his watchmen, watchmen are blind. They are all without knowledge. They are all silent dogs. They cannot bark. Dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. The dogs have a mighty appetite. They never have enough. But they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way, each to his own gain, one and all. Come, they say, let me get wine. Let us steal ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow will be like this day, great beyond measure. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, tonight as we consider this uh, sobering warning, your warning to the shepherds in Israel, to the religious leaders in Israel, help us to remember that this warning also applies to us especially to those who are leaders in the church of Jesus Christ, those who are preachers of the Word of God. But also as believers, help us to remember this also applies to us because you have called us to discern, to differentiate the truth from what is false, what is a lie. So help us to learn from this section on how as leaders glorify you and as worshipers of you, our God, honor you by embracing what is truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Those of you who were here last Sunday evening, I hope you realize that there is a, a stark, plain difference between the first part and the second part of Isaiah 56. The chapter begins with God telling his people to be obedient to him, to keep Justice and do 
righteousness. Once he delivers them, God called his people to be obedient to him. But also he promised that he will gather the outcast. He will gather those who consider themselves outside of God's house, outside of the people of God. That he will bring the outcast into his kingdom. And in that promise, in that prophecy, God told his people that people who would be forbidden to enter the temple will be drawn to God through the Messiah, through Jesus Christ. And that should take you back to Isaiah 53 and find out what the suffering Messiah did so that even the outcast, even the foreigners would be brought and gathered into God's kingdom. Now we come to this second part of Isaiah 56, verses 9 to 12. Now this section of chapter 56 contains God's condemnation of the self-seeking and the self-serving leaders in Israel. Their leadership would have included kings and other government officials as well as religious leaders. But if you notice carefully, if you um, closely look at our text this morning, God's primary, primarily, primary, primary concern were the religious leaders. And if you are asking why, it was because God saw the religious leaders in Israel failed, failing his people, abusing his people, using his people as a means for their own material prosperity. Imagine God observing those religious leaders, those priests and prophets in Israel, misusing or abusing his people in order to gain money, in order to gain gold and silver and become rich. And they were doing that in the expense of the children of God, the people of God. And he speaks words of condemnation and destruction to come upon them. So what we see tonight in our text is God inviting unsuspecting disaster upon the self-serving leaders who should be feeding and protecting the people of God. And I want us to consider three things from our text this morning briefly. First, God's invitation to devour God's people in verse 9. And then secondly, God's indictment of the leadership failure in Israel, verse 10 and 11. And then thirdly, the wicked leaders' false security. 
in verse 12. So first we see God himself inviting to devour God's people. Notice verse 9. All you beasts of the field come to devour all you beasts in the forest. Isn't that strange? God calling beasts to come and devour his people? Why is God doing that? Why is God at that point in the history of his people? What happened? What, what, do, what did they do in order to deserve this to be devoured by, by these beasts? Because the leaders that God gave to his people, priests and prophets, were acting like wild animals. The beasts here are the preachers of the word of God. The preachers of the law of God. In our case, this would be pastors and elders and shepherds in Christ's church. And imagine God calling these leaders beasts, wild animals, who comes to the people of God to devour, to harm the sheep. He called them to feed and protect his people, but they were filling their bellies. The needs of the people and their protection was down on the list of their concerns. You see, the feeding of the people of God, the protection of the people of God from false prophets, false teachers, it was not the concern of the religious leaders in Israel. They were desiring to devour, and the people were deceived by them. And the reason is, number one, God removed his protective, protective hedge hand around his people. In uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 12, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. I have forsaken my house, God said. I have abandoned my heritage. I have given the beloved of my soul into the hands of her enemies. My heritage has become to me like a lion in the forest. She has lifted up her voice against me. Therefore, I hate her. This is Israel. Is my heritage to me like a hyena's lair? And are the birds of prey against her all around? Go assemble all the wild beasts. Bring them to devour. See, God was so angry. And he removed his protecting hand from his people. And in Ezekiel 34, verse 5. So they were scattered because they were, there was no shepherd. 
and they become food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. You see how the shepherds in Israel abandoned the people of God. Because every one of them were concerned about their own well-being. Their own material and physical uh, prosperity. Take an example of the ministers who preach what the people want to hear even today. That's exactly what they were doing. So that the, the preacher, the pastor would be thanked and smiled at and received maybe raise in his salary. Because he preaches what the people wants to hear. Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 said, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth. I don't know if I have told you this story or not, but I had a friend who was a pastor in Sweden. He's Swedish. And he visited uh, Eritrea one time. And then he was finishing his seminar study. And uh, he went back. He was ordained. And he took a pulpit in one of the churches in in Uppsala, and uh, one Sunday he was preaching. And he called the people in the church to repentance. He told them, sin is a problem, we need to repent. On the next day, he got a call from the moderator of the session of that local church. And the moderator told him, Unless you come to the session meeting and seek forgiveness from the session, and unless you stand in the pulpit on Sunday, and before you preach, ask the people to forgive you for what you preached last Sunday, we're going to fire you. He said, no, he was fired. Because he didn't preach what the people wanted to hear. He called the people to repentance. Listen, if a person wants to be saved, that person must repent. That person must believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But you see, the preachers and the prophets in Israel were not doing that. And we don't, we don't need to go far. We have Joel Austin here in America who said one time that he does not preach about repentance and sin because, listen to this, because, and I'm quoting him, this is what he said, I don't preach about repentance and sin because people feel bad enough about themselves. 
already. They already feel that. So I don't want to burden them. I, want, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to offend them. Because they already feel bad about themselves. Why do a preacher say that? That's not care. That's not shepherding. People need to know that they must repent from their sins and believe in Jesus Christ if they want to be saved. And that needs to be preached from the pulpit. Wherever preachers go, they must call people to faith and repentance. That's why Jesus warned us in Matthew 7.15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but, in war, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You know, they are extremely hungry, and they come to devour the sheep. They come to exploit the sheep. They just want the sheep to give them money, to make them rich. But not Paul, you know, in Paul in Acts 20, 28 to 30. Paul said, I will never shrink from proclaiming the whole counsel of God. And he was calling people to repentance and faith. And if they don't do that, Paul was telling everyone that they will be condemned. They will be perished in their sins. But you see, God called these leaders in Israel beasts because they were not doing that. And you, you and I, beloved, we need preachers, we need shepherds today who are truthful to the Scripture, who are faithful to the Scripture. Those preachers who call sin, sin. Those preachers who never compromises the truth of the gospel. And secondly, we see the uh, indictment of leadership failure. In verse 10, his watchmen are blind. They are all without knowledge. They are all silent dogs. They cannot bark, dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. What is he talking about? Again, he calls them what? Blind. First, beasts, now blind. You know, the description is they are like watchmen uh, who watches from the tower of a city. They're watching. You know, they're keeping the city, they're guarding the city. But when they see across from where they sit and watch, they don't even see the enemy. They are blind. They are not concerned about, you know, the feeding and protecting of God's people. They're just sitting on the tower as watchmen, but they don't see. They are blind. They are not in the business of shepherding God's people. In fact, he tells us they are dreaming, lying down. 
loving to slumber. They just sleep. They are lazy. They are not faithful and diligent shepherds of God's people. Not only that, they are also what? Silent dogs, which means they don't bark. You know, having the truth of the gospel, having the truth of God's word, as preachers, they don't bark. They don't defend the sheep. They don't protect the sheep. Ministers are supposed to preach the gospel and bark like dogs against false teaching. Not like silent dogs and blind shepherds. You see, God was so concerned about his people. How many of you are concerned tonight about all these people who are under the ministry of these false teachers? Being drawn to these false teachers and shepherds who preach the word of God for gain, for personal gain. To become rich, to own a private jet. We need to be concerned. We need to pray for them. Now, you also need to know one thing. They're not excused. They're being deceived. They're not discerning. They're not in the word. Examining all preachers in the light of the scriptures. The word of God. But God is holding the preachers responsible for what was happening to his sheep. And then thirdly we see the wicked leader's false security in verse 12. Listen to these shepherds, these false shepherds, false teachers in Israel. Come, they say. Let me get wine. Let us fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow will be like this day, great beyond measure. They tell this to the people. They tell this to one another. Let's just drink wine, get drunk, and tomorrow will be like this. Life will be great. Well, in Isaiah 28, the prophet Isaiah talks about this. Listen to Isaiah in Isaiah 28, uh, 7 to 10. This also reel with wine and stagger with strong drink. The priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. They are swallowed by wine. They stagger with strong drink. They reel in vision. They stumble in giving judgment. For all tables are full of filthy vomit with no space left. You see the corruption of these shepherds. They're drunk with wine. So they don't discern. They don't understand. That's why you see they abuse the sheep. They're drunk. 
They are under the influence of another power, not the Holy Spirit, not God, not the Word of God. They are not good for the people of God. They are dangerous to the people of God. That's why he calls them, what, beasts and dogs, silent dogs. Let's uh, go to James chapter 4, 13 to 16. Come now, you who say, this is about security. This is about whether your confidence is in God or in yourself. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a town and Spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil, said God. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Boasting is sin. Your security is not in your hand. Your security is not in the wine, in you drinking and become, becoming drunk. That's not where your help is. That's not where your spiritual health is. So you see, they had this false security for themselves, and they were preaching, they were pre presenting this false security to the people of God. You and I, God's people, we don't need that kind of security, and we don't need those kinds of shepherds, false teachers who deceives the people of God with false teaching. Beloved, that's why, you see, God gave us the perfect example of a shepherd, true shepherd, shepherd lamb, shepherd servant, shepherd prophet and teacher, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about Jesus as a shepherd. Do you see Jesus as a shepherd abusing the sheep? Do you see Jesus as a shepherd doing the business of his Father in heaven in the life of God's sheep for his own personal gain? No. He was a very loving, forgiving, kind shepherd. That's why God gave us Jesus, his son, as a shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Not only that, Jesus also feeds the sheep. In Psalm 23, 4, the psalmist said, Your rod and staff comforts me. Listen to the psalmist. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherds in Israel, they had the rod and they had the staff, but they were using it for something else. Their own personal gain. But Jesus, the good shepherd, and all shepherds who follow his footstep, faithful shepherds in God's house, they used the rod and the staff properly and for its intended purpose. How does Jesus use the rod? He uses the rod to protect the sheep and to discipline the sheep. God in his word said, I discipline those whom I love. So the good shepherd used the rod first to protect the sheep. When the enemy comes, you know, to devour the sheep, the the good shepherd attacks the beast, the wild animal, and protects the sheep, but also he disciplines us. In a very loving way. Lovingly but firmly. He disciplines us. He uses the rod for the good of our soul. What about the staff? The staff is to guide the shepherd. To guide the sheep in the direction they should go. That's the staff. How do you understand that in your Christian life, beloved? What is the staff that the the shepherd, the pastor uses? You you see me standing in a pulpit Sunday after Sunday. You don't see me holding a staff. But you see me holding the word of God. And that's your guide. I preach and expound the word of God to you every Sunday. So that what you hear would become your guide and your rule. The only rule that God gave to his people for doctrine and life is the word of God. The Bible. That's why you see the psalmist in Psalm 119, 105. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And we find all these things in the, in, 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 the, in the good shepherd. Jesus Christ, our Savior. As we think about the Lord's Supper tonight, you see, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is the table, the meal that the good shepherd prepared for us. He's here to feed us. He's here to nourish us. This is the means of grace. This is what the people of Israel were lacking in Isaiah 56. The shepherds in Israel were not feeding them the word of God. 
and they were not administering the Passover in a way that God wanted them to administer it for the people of God. They were receiving money from the people as they disperse the ministry of grace to the people. Tonight, you're not going to be charged for the Lord's Supper. It's a ministry of grace. It's the table that Christ, the good shepherd, prepared for you. So we have this kind of shepherd in our Lord Jesus Christ. And in all those who follow his footstep. We need to praise God for the gift of his son Jesus Christ. As a loving and faithful good shepherd who never fails you, the sheep. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. If it was not for your Son, Jesus Christ, we would not have a perfect shepherd like your Son, Jesus Christ. We will not have an example, a perfect example of how to shepherd your people. But we have that in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the gift of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. Help us to hear his voice, to follow him, to love him, to cherish him to honor Him, to exalt Him in our lives as our shepherd. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.